The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Do you know how you know the Lord is good? You have to experience it for yourself. A lot of times, like, I don't know how good God is. You guys talk about it. I don't experience for myself. You've got to actually take it and embrace it in order to experience the goodness of God. Now, I know last week that I lost some people because we're talking about take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And a lot of times we're like, man, God just wants my life to be miserable. And it's, you know, it's like being a monk where you forsake everything and you, you, you live in depravity and you have nothing and no joy. The Christian life is the opposite of that. It's filled with blessings. It's filled with joy. It's filled with the goodness of God. But a lot of times Christians don't experience that outpouring, that goodness of God. They're, 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 they're missing something. Today, if I can paint the big picture for you guys, you see the last words of God that he gave us in Matthew chapter 28 is God's ascending up into heaven and he's, he's about to leave the disciples and he's giving them the great commission. He's, he's standing there before them and he says, Go ye and therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. What is the first word of that great commission? Say it again. It is an action word. God has called Christians to a life of action. Not just sitting, not just singing about it and talking about it. He said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Turning your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you have your Bibles or your app or your iPad or your phone or whatever you've got, either turn to it or turn it on, whatever you need to do. The Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There's this big picture that Jesus is leaving and he says, this is the Christian life. This is what I've called you to do. So I've got my volunteers, they're going to come up on the stage and we're going to illustrate this because we are visual people and I hope you walk out of here saying, I get this today, I, I, the, the visual of what we're doing with this, okay? So these guys are going to help us out with this. So God has called us to this, this ministry, this, this work of God. And sometimes we get so caught up in the mechanics of it or the envelope that we forget how it works, so here, here's, the, here's how God starts. So he's got the local church. We, we give to the local church. We're part of the local church. Discipleship, evangelism, strengthen the family, strengthen the community, strengthening the home, strengthening marriages, teaching you how to raise your kids, that they will be raised up in the word of God to go out and do the same thing, marriages. We reach into our community. Talking about Broad Street Mission, talking about collecting things for the homeless, talking about going into our jails, talking about going downtown and helping those that are, are struggling with their marriage and family. God has given us the, the mission field, Jerusalem, Judea. That, that, that was he's talking about going out to our nation. Last week we had a missionary here. Jake is talking about going to San Francisco, starting a church in one of the most depraved areas of our world. We used to say that about foreign countries. Now we can say that right about someplace in our own nation. God has called us to reach our nation. And then to the uttermost parts of the earth, to the world. Literally spreading it out. You look at that and say, Pastor Tony, that is way too big. There's no way that we can handle that. I've got a verse for you. This verse is uh, something that God made very clear. He said, but my God... 
shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Now, I know we can visualize this different ways. The Bible talks about the seeds that we sow. God talks about the fruit of our labor. God talks about sending us into the harvest. So we're going to do this clearly today with apples, okay? We're just going to make this illustration apples of what God's given us. That is a whole lot of apples right there. Let me read the verse again. But my God shall supply all your need according to his what? And glory. You know what really God said? Great need, great need, great need, great need. God's not worried. God's not worried. God's not fretting. God's not worried about our economy. God's not nervous about who's president or who's not president. God's not worried about the inflation. God's not worried about San Francisco costs being so much. God said, I've got it all taken care of. God said, if you could just tap into the principle that my God shall provide all your need according to his riches and glory. Do you believe that this morning? It's easy to say amen. Man, in a service like this, I say amen. I I know that. But you realize that that is a promise of God. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Never. And yet we see countries starving without the gospel. We have local churches that are closing the door and all this. We see all this and we wonder what in the world is going on. I'm going to ask you one more time. Who supplies the need? Who supplies the need? Who does all this belong to? Who's going to take care of all these needs? It's that big. It's that simple. God said, I've got this. And God doesn't struggle. Now, this is awesome. There's one missing piece that I've not included on this stage yet. You see, what is, what is the way that all of this works? You say, man, God promised his, his blessing and God has the local church and our community and all these things. But this is something cool. And I don't think we view life or the Christian life this way. We, we, we don't view it like this. God takes the Christian. Let, let me grab a Christian here and put them on the stage. God takes a Christian and he puts him smack in the middle of all this. It's a matter of God saying that the way that I'm going to reach the world and the community and doing all this is through the Christian. You sit there and say, well, okay, that, that sounds good. Do you realize that we get to be part of the big thing that God's doing? It's not just what I try to do with my life. It is my life. When the disciples were going out and he says, here's your great commission. This is, this is what you do. God says you are now the conduit. You are now the go-between. You are now the hand, you are now the light, you are now the messenger, you, you guys get the point. You are the connection to the goodness of God and to everything that is happening in this world. That's what God did. God says we get to be part of it. He says, you understand that it's all me. Colossians spells it out by him where all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were made by him and for him. The Christian has to change their perspective of what this is all about. Because a lot of times we're sitting there saying, well, it's me and my plans and my this and my that. And my, I've got it. And God says, just stop. You belong to God. I said, that's it. You belong to God. Your plans need to start with God. Your future begins with God. Your, your, your retirement, your job, your kids, your family, everything. It all works with God. Without God, it does not work. So yesterday, 
um, I was leaving. Have any of you guys had your garage door not go up and all it does is the thing blinks? You guys know what I'm talking about? Anybody have that problem? Now I'm going to tell you when it happens. It will happen when you're in a rush to be somewhere. It's going to happen. The door won't open and you're pushing the button thinking, you're supposed to open when I push this button and it's not happening. So I sat there and I was in a rush and, and I, I, I got... Um, I got a ladder and looked at everything. I moved things around. I pushed the button. It blinked again. I got up, dis- uh, disconnected the thing, dropped it down, put it back up, make sure nothing was in it. I checked the channels of it, all the things that was there. Nothing was working. And then I had an ingenious idea. I'm going to Google the manufacturer of it, Chamberlain, and I'm going to say, what does it mean when your light's blinking 10 times? And it means that the sensors are not lined up. I went over there. The lights weren't on. I literally took the little thing, turned it. The light turned on, pushed the button, and the thing worked. I was like, oh, it's like it was that simple. All of those efforts that I was putting into trying to make it work did not make it work. Then all of a sudden, I go back to the one that created it and said, how is this supposed to work? And it says, this is what's not working right. Fix this, and everything else will fall in place. You guys can imagine if we would just get that with what God was saying in this passage of what he was saying. There's a way that works and it only works when it's done God's way. Life only works God's way. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. You guys ready? We're going to give these principles. We're going to explain what's going on with this. Now, he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food. Now, this, this is the way that works. Sit there and say, it's just a life of poverty and trying to get by. No, you are the sower. Christian, you are the sower. God reaches into his bounty, and he says to you, he goes, I'm going to give you seed to sow. That's what he says. I'm going to give seed to sow. This is who you are. It's not all yours. I'm going to give you seed to sow and bread to eat. I, I, I don't know about you, but we should just stop right there and just sing, God, you're so good all over again right now. The food on your table at home came from God. Let, let me put it in language maybe we'll understand better. If you go to Old Charlie's and you're sitting there after church and you're really hungry and you're ordering and they come out beforehand with a basket of bread that is steaming, that is a gift from God. <laughs> if you go to a Mexican restaurant and they say, would you guys like chips and salsa before you go? That is the blessing of God. He said, oh, I get it now. God was literally saying the bread that you have, that you can have, the, the, the basket has two purposes in it. The purpose for you to eat and for you to take care of because God is good and God takes care of us and God loves us and God does all these things. And God takes that, the rest of that verse is, and says, multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. People are saved through what we do. Now, I, I want to explain this as we go. These are life-changing principles that we need to understand concerning giving, concerning life. Take out the word giving. Let's put in life. Number one, you are a steward of God's provision. You are a steward of God's provision. Steward literally means you are an overseer or a manager of this. You know why so often we get off on this principle? Because we start saying the word my when we talk about the blessings of God. Well, I built my house and my job and my career, and I did this and I did that and all these things. So we start talking about this. I'm going to ask you, where do you get the apples from, church? That was bad. Where do you get the apples? 
God. Who created the apple tree? Okay, there you go. Settle that one. Here's what's happened. We get our minds off of this. Deuteronomy 8.17, he warned the church about this. He says, or, or, or his people, And thou say in thine heart, my power and my might, the might of my hand, hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. It, it just wraps it up like that. And I, I think if we just start off where God comes up and says, you know, I like, those, I like those apples, and you have to have it in your mind, Xavier, from the very beginning. No, let me explain to you, Pastor Tony. This all belongs to God. Every bit of it. And by the way, we're not just talking apples. We're not just talking money. We're talking about house, time, talents, possessions. It all belongs to God. By him, all things were made by him, and all things consist. They all belong to God. We, we talk about, I think maybe we say it wrong. It's time to give of what we have to God. No, it's time to give of what he has to God. Our, our mindset's wrong. And so all of a sudden, there's a warning that happens with that. We begin to sit there and hoard and hold on to what we have. This is the decision point of what you're going to do. We, 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 we have that mindset that we, uh, we, we've done this and it's mine. You, this is why the Bible says when you have that, you're a believer and you have that title Christian, the thing that you have to do, because in our flesh it's going to be like mine, mine, mine. That is human nature. That's why God said to the disciples, he says, I know you're not just after the bread, but it's time that you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That, that's that's going to look different this time because before it was standing in front of a cross and holding bread. Today it's a matter of understanding that every time that God gives us blessing, we come to a decision point of understanding, am I going to acknowledge that I am a steward of God's possessions? And I know what happens. Everybody's like, yeah, if you just knew how tight things were. Pastor Tony, if you knew the economy, if you knew this and you knew that, and pastors are all talking about money all the time, let me tell you, pastors get a really bad rap for preaching God's word. Because what I'm up here saying, if anybody, there he goes about money again, I'm only trying to preach the word of God. And by the way, if you have that attitude, that is rebellion against God, not anger against Pastor Tony. I'm just shooting you straight. We get so upset about pastors opening. There's more mention about money in the Bible than there is most things that we talk about. The Bible talks about, because the Bible talks about money is what sends out missionary and changes our nation and funds our houses and takes care of our kids. And it belongs to God. But I think we sit there and talk about my praise belongs to God and we cut God of our money. God owns everything. A complete change of mindset. Now here's the thing that you have to understand. There's this thing that if I start giving away my apples, because in the real life, you can't see this. You guys know that that's how it works? Wouldn't it be easy to give and like, yeah, I'll give. Holy cow, load me up, God. You know, I, I know where it came from. But we can't see this. What, what is the, the term that we use or the Bible term that we use if you do something without seeing where it's coming from? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The just shall live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. You realize that every bit of this, this whole thing, we call it faith promise. God made a promise. We step up by faith. It's as simple as that. That's, that's what we're doing right now. We're taking an understanding that we're a steward 
of God's things. All that we have. So we, we've got that established with this of what God's saying. It comes, he that ministers seed to the sower and ministers bread to the, uh, to the, to, for your food. That's what God has laid out. Principle number two, giving is part of the Christian life. I, I, I know some people are like, well, that's good for them and not for me. I said this a minute ago. Giving to the Christian is as normal as oil is to a car. It, it is just part of how God created it to work. This, this whole system that you're going to have and you're going to see through this is God created it to work this way. Giving is part of the Christian life. All the way back from the Old Testament of Cain and Abel, from the sacrifice of the, 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 the temples, the sacrifice of the tabernacle, going into the New Testament, Jesus said the most powerful verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave of his only begotten son and then we're followed to come after him christmas time comes around and i mentioned this earlier we sit there and show love you know what we do we sacrifice we work hard we get a possession we go to the people we love and we give and it's the biggest celebrated time of the year and we do it by an act of giving and then we talk about in church we're going to show god love by giving he's like oh my goodness here we go again you know just it's like whoa wait wait wait, wait. you're not getting it it is what we do it is what we do. It is absolutely part of the Christian life. So here, the Bible said, and I'm trying to tie in all these things that we've mentioned even before. 1 John three seventeen. But whosoever hath the world's good, and seeth his brother in need, and shut up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? You realize that for the Christian, you sit there and say, I love God. We worship God. We love it. And then you look down there and we're talking about need, need, need all over the world. You sit there and say, well, they're not getting none of that. God literally says to you, you're going to hold back that? How in the world can you say that you have the love of God when you will not give of your blessing for the sake of those that need it? Are you reading it? Holy word of God spoken by God, inspiration of God. If you see the needs. Man, God is constantly putting before the needs before us. When God sees the needs of the people, where Jesus saw the need, he was moved with compassion towards them. It's, 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 it's how it works. So we're stewards of God's blessing. So we, we, we see this, and then God, God gives us and said, giving is just part of the Christian life. He says, the most popular verse that we normally say about this time, about giving, Luke six thirty eight, when Jesus was speaking, he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Now, I, I'm going to ask the guys to keep this verse up there for a minute while we go down there. And sit there and say, how does, how does the Christian life work? Okay, what's the first word? What is the key to this? Okay, let's try it. Go ahead. Is it like this, this is offering, faith promise, a Sunday school thing that we're taking out for, sending people to the mission field, missions conference, whatever it is. What's the rest of the verse? Give and? Okay. So God says, praise the Lord, thank you, because what you did is what I asked you to do, and that's how it works. You give, and it shall be given unto you. So God takes it and says, okay. Do you know why God does that? Just watch what we just saw. Why does God reload the basket? Because we did what he told us to do. Have you ever rewarded your kids because they were total brats and they would not listen to anything that you said? <laughs> Go clean your room. You didn't do it. Oh, you're getting ice cream. You're not doing that. You see, blessings follow obedience. 
And the thing is that Jesus died for the local church. He died for those in our community. He died for the nation. He died for the world. And when you begin to spread the mission of God, you are obeying the great commission. You are fulfilling your purpose in life. You are doing what you've been called to do. So let's just, let's say God gives to us and you decide not to give. You think, you think about it, you're just in your mind, you're just saying, you know what? And this is how it happens. Nobody just says, I'm not giving to missions and I don't love God. It never works like that, church. It never works like that. It's a matter of you having a budget. You go to get that car and they say, well, to get you in that new package that you want, we're going to have to put you up a little bit over. Well, that's $50 more than I wanted to. Okay, let's just do it. And then all of a sudden this happens and uh, the, the, the new iPhone comes out and says, I don't have it, no problem. All we have to do is add it onto your bill. You won't even notice it. And at the end of that sheet, all of a sudden, there's not as much money as you thought. And guess who gets bumped? Because God's not sending you an invoice to your house. You understand the Christian life is obedience and is faith it is following God, it's trusting God, it's a relationship, it's not a contract, it's a relationship. And then we sit there and pull back from God. Did you ever wonder why in Malachi, when he used the word rob, you guys have said, where have you robbed me, you've robbed me, and tithes and offerings. Why in the world would God call not giving to the mission of God robbing? Because that belongs to God. And when you hold back, God doesn't look at it and just say, you're just not being good or you're not just doing this. God said, literally, you are taking, it's the same thing as if I asked Xavier and said, I'm going away on a trip. And while I'm gone, I'm going to send you money and I want you to take care of my family. And I went back and asked my family and asked Stephen and said, hey, did you get the food that I sent you, whatever? And you said, Tony, I haven't got anything. You think I'm going to keep sending him food or money or apples? You say, that's crazy. No, yes, that's the way it is. And God sees the world dying and going to hell. And we sit there and say, I don't know why God's not blessing me. Because God can't trust you with what's his. His. Because we're sitting there holding on. And let me tell you, Sam Wilson preached about having your eyes and your focus and everything. That's what it is. The moment you start getting your eyes on your basket, not on the mission, you will totally obsess about the basket and lose sight of the mission. That's why in all these things that we're doing, we're constantly putting it before people what this is all about. We live in this crazy world, and God's warning us of this. Here's principle number three. You reap what you sow. Verse 6 2 Corinthians 9, 6, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. He sit there and say, how much, should I, how much do I have to give, Pastor Tony? How much, what would make God happy? And God says, no, it's, it's not like that. You see, you have to understand that when you sow, you understand this, the, the principle of sowing and reaping. The more you sow, the more you reap. That's the promise of God. That's the blessing of God. That's how it works. And I tell you, the more places that are sent the money to be able to go and plant churches and all that, the more churches that are planted, the more missionaries that are sent, the more Bibles that are sent out, the more Christians that are reached, the more Christians that are reached, the more gospel is going to multiply. And God is honored by that. It's not about how much you give to get. It's about how much you give to give. We've lost sight of that. And you say, I, I don't understand how that benefits me. Do you realize that when you were created for this, the joy that you get from this, 
the blessing of this, and let me, let, let's keep going with this. Giving is a heart issue, not a money issue. Verse 7, every man according that he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You, you can imagine Christmas morning, me getting up and throwing the kids their gifts and say, you have no idea how much that cost me. I hope you like it, and if you don't, it's going back, because that cost me a fortune. You say, that's not very loving. And you say, no, it's not, because I'm grudging. I'm upset that I had to give it. But you know what most parents are? They give to their kids. They can't wait for their kids to open their gift because they're excited about seeing them happy. Do you realize that the, the heart of giving, if you've ever been on a mission field or anything, and you see what God does through all this, the Bible says that it will stir your heart in such a way that you can't wait to be part of the work of God. You know why? Because God is so good. It's not a song. It, it is the message of the Bible. It's who he's come to be in our lives. Is the goodness of God. We love him. Because he first loved us, and love is sacrificial, and love gives. Number five, blessings are part of the process. Blessings are part of the process. Verse eight, and the Bible says, and God is able. Listen to this. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. You see what he was saying through this? It's not a hookup. In the blessings, and maybe I'm using apples just as to being like broad with this or whatever, but zone in on this. Go ahead and do your thing. Think about what God does through this. You're pleasing God, you're pleasing God, you're pleasing God through all of this. You come back and all of a sudden God blesses you. But let me clarify something with these blessings. This is what God is doing through this might not always come in a dollar. Because the Bible talked about the grace and of what he gives through our contentment and everything like that. This could come through the health of our children. And the goodness of God and favor on your family and everything else like that. And we sit there and say, I'm looking for a check in the mail. God blesses in much bigger and better ways than just checks in the mail. God's been good to my family and God's been good to me. And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back from the very beginning of my Christian life, I was taught to put God first. God doesn't get put at the end of it. God puts at the beginning because that apple, that dollar, that check came from God. And I respect God and say it's yours. And God gives back to me. And that, that passage that he says through that, he says, give and it shall be given unto you. Think about what he says after, after that. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. Now, I could illustrate this. It would be really cool if I took this and just kept pouring this over this. But that was the visual that God gave. Do you understand that when the Christian life is truly lived, that Christians could just simply live on the overflow of God's goodness of what we give to others? But this is the problem. We don't have the trust and the obedience that we should. I'm talking about America as a whole. You turn in Revelation, when we get to that passage, you've been increased with goods and have need of nothing. He said, you become blinded. You can't see it. That has happened to us. We're so consumed and we'll dish out money for everything under there. And then we wonder, why isn't God blessing? God's not good. God's not good. And God says, you've stopped meeting the need of what I've given you. It's a process. And guys, I could do this all day long where I give him apples, they pass them out, God supplies. I give him apples, they pass them out, God supplies. Because that's how it works. That's just simply how it works. 
Let me close with this. And all that he's saying through all this, he says that I'm going to give it back to you for the same measure that was meet with all shall be measured to you again. So this is, I'll give it back. I'll give it back. It might look differently. It might come in different ways. But God made a promise. I will give it back. Because God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good.